The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Saturday, 18th of April. The Fujicast. Welcome to the Fujicast Daily, the daily photography podcast, which usually sees me presenting with Kev Mullins, of course. Weekends have sometimes been slightly different. Kev's back tomorrow, though. Today we have a guest talking about sports photography and how he went from zero intention to become professional to now shooting some of the biggest football clubs, matches and competitions in his spare time. A standing start from non-league to rubbing shoulders with the game's elite in a matter of a couple of years. Now, Martin Howarth is our guest today. You'll hear him shortly. Uh, the weekend is here, though, for many of us in photography. Monday is the new Saturday, is the new Wednesday, is the new Friday, is the new Tuesday. It's all melding somewhat, I think. Anyway, it's a very different weekend to last week. The sunshine seems to have been replaced with the rain. I'm not sure if you can hear it. But it's, uh, no, you probably can't, but it's lashing at the windows this Saturday morning. It's like it's like even the weather is giving us a stay-at-home reminder today. Uh, thank you for the questions you've been sending in. Thank you for the suggestions of uh, interviewees. Um, there's a long list of folk to talk to, uh, to set some interviews with, and then actually do them. So uh, thank you very much for those. We will, we will get round to them, of course, if they say yes. Uh, in particular, thank you for some of the more off-the-wall photographic questions too as they've uh, they've certainly kept us um, on our feet uh, some of the questions have been about whether or not the daily will continue in any way shape or form after our individual lockdowns or stay-at-home orders start to relax uh, i know it's been a a form of friendship for some an extended community in the in that time as well the the facebook group has grown the Thousands of comments and engagement across a week have been really heartening to, to witness. We always said we wanted a safe place for photographers of all interests and standards to hang out. And I guess this podcast is one, but the Facebook group is certainly another. Somewhere where the, um, where the language and respect for each other was um, somehow different to other groups that we'd witnessed. Let's just leave it at that. And though occasionally it goes a little awry with the odd posting that raises one of our moderator's eyebrows... <laughs> Uh, on the whole, it has become a sanctuary, no matter what you shoot, which kit you use, whatever brand you're interested in, or whether you're professional or simply somebody who likes to make pictures for the sake of making pictures when you can. So you're very welcome to join us. It's where you can engage also, of course, with the daily challenges. So will the dailies continue? Probably not without some form of commercialism, no. Uh, because at some stage, <laughs> Kev and I, we need to be out there again, making pictures to fund our families once again. But uh, we've learned a lot from this period. We've had a fair few chats about the future of the cast and the community. So there is a little thought around an extension of the regular show, something additional. Um, you've asked about events, and we've been thinking about that too. Suffice to say, it probably wouldn't be fair to say too much without firm plans in place. And of course, without Kev being here to talk, talk to as well. So uh, this is a watch this space hint of things to come. So to today's hangout, Martin Howarth recently left the army after 16 years service, rejoining Civvy Street to work within the railway industry. Uh, we've been asked about sports photography of late, more specifically how difficult it is to enter one of the most competitive arenas, football or, or if you will, soccer photography. So it seemed a good idea to connect with a photographer I know who's at the start of the journey rather than 5, 10 or 15 years established. And um, there is a kind of a left turn at the traffic lights in, in this particular hangout, uh, which has got something to do with Captain Tom. Anyway, let's start with Martin Howarth. 
Did you learn your photography skills, by the way, in the army? I'd always liked photography. I remember getting into it, or first getting an interest in it, when I was about 10 years old. But I didn't actually do anything with that interest uh, for about another 20 years. And then I went to Uganda on a short trip with the army, and then I was going back there. And when I went on the first trip, one of the guys I was with had bought himself a, a Fuji X-T1. Oh, right. And we spent a week out there I was just watching him with this camera thinking I really wish you know I had that camera I've been thinking about getting one for a while mm-hmm. and because I knew we were going back I came back bought myself a Fuji X-T1 and uh, my plan was to go back to Africa and just you know spend a couple of weeks when I had some downtime uh, mm. shooting the locals however at the time I was doing a lot of running uh, I was big into my half marathons at the time mm. I think I'd done about 12 up to that point that year one's enough for heaven's sake <laughs> yeah but i mean I, I was i was really into it i think we've got yeah. a bit of a binge binge personality and yeah. you know when i when i get into one thing I, I really get into it well there are worse things to binge on right probably. yeah so i was um yeah doing loads of running i just bought this camera i was just about to go to back to uganda and i was playing a charity football match uh, down at Welling united it was actually for a um, carlisle flood charity yeah. uh, Carlisle's obviously flooded yeah. uh, two times, I think, in, in 10 years. And Carlisle's so, your team, isn't it? So that Yeah, makes sense. so originally from Carlisle, big Carlisle United fan. And we, we played down in Welling in the FA Cup or the weekend that Carlisle flooded for the second time. Oh, so um, we, we managed to get a, a charity game set up between the Carlisle United London branch supporters club and the England supporters club, their, their football team. It was played mm. at Welling. Uh, playing in that game was actually playing up front with Jimmy Glass the goalkeeper who scored to keep Carlisle in the football league oh god yeah a legend the absolute legend yeah um, so I was playing up front with him at the time um, down at Welling United last five minutes and I stuck my studs in the ground turned and my studs stayed planted and there went my ACL oh yeah um, ended up getting carried off the pitch by uh, Jimmy Glass and John Gorman the ex-England <laughs> assistant manager and I suddenly found myself out of action for like the next year and a half. Couldn't mm. couldn't run, uh, couldn't go to Uganda, but I had just bought this camera. So it was a great opportunity for me to really get amongst it and start learning about photography and, and seriously getting into it. And as, as I say, I've got a bit of a binge personality. I think mm. I went from just having a slight interest to it into it, it took over everything for yeah. about the next six months. So so actually you hadn't got any um, idea really prior to, to that moment of photographing football. It was, no. uh, these are circumstances that happened due to an injury and you thought, well, what can I do? I love football, mm. so I'll watch and photograph it instead. Yeah, it was about... It was about a year, um, so I, I say I, I spent this this time that I was injured really getting into photography, and, um, shooting pretty much everything I could, and then I started thinking oh, I wouldn't mind shooting a bit of football. So it's it, it been a year. I started to like research a bit of like sports photography kit, um, started buying that, uh, and then once I bought the kit, I was kind of committed because it's, it's expensive <laughs> stuff. So yeah, but I think a year had passed, uh, and I got in touch with uh, Biggleswade Town, mm. playing the Southern Premier League Central, I think it is. I'd messaged a few clubs up to that. Point. I'd shot a couple of non-league games, Rushton and Diamonds, that kind of thing, clubs around me. Yeah. And Biggleswade were just next on the list, really. And uh, I said, yes, we'd love you to come down and shoot a game. In fact, we need a photographer. Do you want to come for the whole season? <laughs> and uh, it was like, I've only shot like three games. I yeah. don't really know what I'm doing. But yeah, absolutely. Were you so, were you essentially professional for them or, or were, they, were you volunteering your services for them? Everything at that level is volunteer. I think maybe the people who work in the bar on match day yeah. get paid. Yeah. 
you know, a minimum wage for, for working behind the bar for a few hours. But nobody but all else. the staff, like the full-time staff, they're all yeah. voluntary. Yeah. So really, it was like it's like grassroots football. It was gra- grassroots football photography? I mean, you start, yeah. you start there, no money. You do it for the love, and you work up from there. Yeah, I kind of went from shooting no football to shooting it almost, you know, mm. every week, pretty much. How did that fit in with your with your work life? I mean, people often talk about work life balance. Yeah, uh, um, you sound like you didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, at the time, I'd moved into a training role, so I wasn't away too much. Monday to Friday, there would there would be like periods of the year where I'd have to go away for um, a couple of weeks, but I knew when there were. So I was around quite a bit, so I could commit some time with it. Um, but it, yeah, it was you know doing Monday to Friday and work, yeah. and then Saturday at the football, I kind of chill out a bit on the Sunday. Mm. Uh, people uh, talk about accreditation, don't they? There's this this um, really important word. Are you accredited? Are you an accredited photographer? I, I assume you are now. Um, yeah. But to get to that stage, it sounds like that it wasn't so much running through hoops. It was just offering yourself out to the smaller clubs mm-hmm. and then letting mm-hmm. it organically develop. Yes. So it, it, how it works? Um, so you got football league and Premier League accreditation. Um, I think conference. So step one and two of non-league football, you need conference accreditation or national league accreditation, sorry. And then below that, it's pretty much up to the clubs. So some clubs say, yes, you can come along, but you need to have your own public liability insurance, that kind of stuff. Just so with um, this word accreditation, what does it actually mean? What is it, a badge or or some certificate? For me, it's just a card, a a media accreditation card that I have. Yeah, and that just gets you you access to the matches. I don't apply for it myself, so the, the agency I'm attached to, they apply for it mm. on behalf of me, like for the agency. Let's talk about kit. What, what's essential? What do you take? So, um, on a match day now, I travel with three cameras, um, all Nikon. Um, I've got a 400 mil, 2.8, 70 to 200, mm-hmm. 24 to 70. I've also got a uh, 14 to 24 that I use to get some nice wide-angle shots of the stadium before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, three cameras four lenses, I'll have my laptop. Got my waterproofing stuff, so that's waterproof my cameras yeah. and my laptop. Yeah. Um, you're waterproofing the laptop? Of course you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you're working wi- in are you, weathers. Are you wiring as you go along? Yeah, and this was the biggest thing I had to learn when I go from just shooting non-league to shooting for an agency who were, you know, sending me out to work for clubs and newspapers and, and so on. Uh, yeah, I'm shooting images, but as I'm shooting them, I'm also putting them through my laptop applying the captions, the metadata, sending it up uh, to the agency uh, via a VPN. So it's all on the go. So, you know, if I'm shooting for a newspaper, for example, they'll want a constant feed of what's happening from arriving at the ground. So a nice picture of the stadium all empty, perhaps a sign that says who's playing who, um, add a bit of context. So it's like building a bit of excitement on Twitter. Um, and then it would be like the players arriving, players walking out onto the pitch, looking at the, the pitch, uh, um, shaking hands with you know ex-teammates, that kind of thing. Then pitch to the fans arriving, players are warming up beforehand, the manager's shaking hands, then the match action, getting some pictures of the fans throughout the match, just so there's a constant feed. So yeah, you, you are kind of doing that all as you go. So there's a format, isn't there? Um, much like, um, this is going to be a bit clumsy, but much like wedding photography, where you think, right, mm-hmm. I need to be there for that, there for that, there for that. I don't want to miss the kiss. I know mm-hmm. that that's going to happen there. Hugging's going to... You've got a real format and a story building that you have to get every single time. Yeah, it, it depends on the client. You know, what, what a club will want, what a news paper want to be a little bit different sometimes you just have to go and shoot the match so it, it, it's not a specific team 
Um, so you're just getting the match action and they probably wouldn't be too interested then in support pictures. But when you're doing it specifically for a club or a newspaper yeah. which is attached to a club, yeah. um, then you have to get more of like the occasion because they're, they're doing that for the fans who aren't there, so they want to feel like they are. But yeah, you do have a, like a, a long list to follow. And, and when I start, like I'll tend to, if it's a three o'clock kickoff, I'll tend to get there about midday. And like once I've started, you, you kind of don't stop until no. hour and a half after the game when you've sent off your final images. But as, um, th- this fascinates me, this sending images off as you're going along, mm-hmm. because you've, um, you've got to be on the ball, if you mm-hmm. pardon the pun, because you're watching the match, shooting the match, mm-hmm. sending images... And while you're sending an image, because you're very much working on your own doing this, mm-hmm. there's stuff still going on that you need to be aware yep. of. Yeah. How does that work? How do you balance that? When the ball goes out of play, <laughs> doing a lot of, <laughs> lot of editing, a lot of uh, writing captions, that kind of stuff, when the ball's up the other end. Yeah. Um, but I've always got, like, I'll have my 400 mil on my shoulder. I'll have my 70 to 200 around my neck. So whatever I'm doing, I can just drop everything, pick up the camera and mm. go to the action. Um, you are obviously keeping one eye on your laptop, one eye on the game. Mm. Um, listening to the crowd's reactions if you have got your head down. With the goals, it's really important that you get the goals and the celebrations yeah. away as quick as possible. Um, so, again, if I'm working for the client's a newspaper and this is going on their Twitter feed, they want to put on their Twitter feed, so-and-so scored for this team, and they want a picture of that person then running away celebrating. Pretty much it's immediately. No good. It's no good if that's like 10, 15 minutes later. No, no. So as soon as that goal's happened, that, that celebration's happened, I'm straight onto the laptop. Whilst the players are probably walking back to the centre, doing a very quick edit, playing the, the metadata and the caption and getting it off to them so that two minutes later on that Twitter feed, you'll see the, the, the goal score running away celebrating. You've got to, you've got to work very briskly. Um, yeah. And, and editing-wise, you must be one of the fastest editors I probably know. Uh, how, mu- how much editing are you doing to an image? What are you doing with it? Uh, is it raw or, or are you working straight out the camera with jpegs uh, i use jpegs um raw would just clog up my laptop mm. um if i do with if i shoot other stuff like non-sports i'll shoot raw but uh, jpeg for football right um, and, and do all all uh, photographers tend to work that way it's jpegs get it out quickly you, you've got the the color is, is pretty much accurate straight away mm-hmm. coming out of camera mm-hmm. is that how everybody works I, I think so yeah um there are a couple who shoot raw why did you choose nikon by the way above um canon or, or indeed fuji because there are fuji film uh, sports photographers mm-hmm. we, we've spoken to some of late the first couple of games i shot i used just my fuji xt1 with oh, what, what was the lens again it's the 70 to so, 200 so the 5140 yeah that's the one yeah um, so the first couple of games I shot using that, but it, it, it wasn't ideal for sport. I think it's like six frames a second or something. So just when I was getting used to it, mm. the first few games I was using Fuji. The reason why I went with, with Nikon was at the time I was in the army. Mm. And oh, that's an army time, camera, yes. I was, um, yeah. I'd just done a selection course from an army photographer, mm. to transfer to be an mm. army photographer. Um, I'd went to that selection course. I'd got selected, um, but... For a few personal reasons, I had, I had to pull out last minute and that, that kind of put me on the course to getting out the military, actually, at that point. But the reason why I went with Nikon is because the army were using Nikon. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, uh, they still do. Yeah, they, they still do. It's the army camera of choice, yeah. isn't it, it seems. And I just thought, if I'm going to start building up this kit, then yeah. 
I want it to be the same stuff that and the co- armor will be using. And of course, the glass is the bit, isn't it? I mean, you've got a 400 mil. Mm. That's not a cheap lens, I would imagine. No. <laughs> 7200 70, is never a cheap lens uh, these mm. days. I'm interested in the wide angle that um, you mentioned because I, I, when I was looking at your website, I do notice there's some cracking pictures of managers. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wondering if you, if you shoot them from a distance or, or whether you do sometimes switch into a more photojournalistic mode close up and you're you're getting in there and getting their reactions with a with a shorter focal length um a lot of the manager shots uh, when in the dugout uh, I take the 400 mil with me I'm a 7200 right. um so I'll step back a bit trying to get a, a shot of the manager's shaking hand and then I'm I'm really up close and as up close and personal as I can get to the mm. managers so using my 400 mil a lot of the time some people get in there with a wide angle lens and like get right underneath the manager yeah. uh, it's, it's a bit invasive for me i like to step back a bit well i was gonna no. ask, i was gonna ask actually how, how the players and the managers and, and the staff see you as a photographer um i don't tend to engage much with any of them i like to step back and just shoot what's happening in front of me um so I don't set up any images or anything like that right. um it's just whatever's happening in front of me that's what i'm shooting so i'll get myself into positions to give myself the best chance to get the right shot okay. or get the best shot i can but i'm not really instructing players to, to do certain things with I, I wouldn't do that i just no. i just step back and whatever happens happens what are the crowd like behind you uh, hit and miss depends on <laughs> depends on how the team's doing when you're shooting for like a regular client, the fans start to recognise you. Right. Um, so there's a couple of championship clubs that I shoot for regularly, and the fans are starting to recognise me. Always shooting their team, um, always in front of those fans, and get pictures of them before the game, during the game. So they start to like be a bit more friendly, and they'll, they'll come yeah. towards you and want like a big group picture and that kind of thing. Isn't that funny? Oi, Martin, yeah. can you get one for one for, yeah. one for the family? <laughs> yeah, um, with the players. Yeah, as I say. I just leave them to it, right. same with the managers. But again, like shooting teams regularly, I think the players and, and the management, because you're there on the touchline, they start to recognise you a bit as well. So to to know, yeah. Yeah. there was like championship manager last year who recognize, started to recognise me, always being around the dugout area before the game and just start to pause for the pictures, like give me a bit of a smile and stuff. Nice shot. Do you park your cameras behind the goals at all? I always wonder about those cameras that are parked behind goals. I see them flying on match of the day. You know, when a when a ball hits one square on. Um, I don't. However, I will be soon. Um, I've got an extra body going spare, basically, and I just need to get the remote to, mm. to put it behind the goal. But yeah, I, I've not done that yet. But hopefully, it will be soon. Now you're you're a Carlisle United fan. I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm sure you photographed them a, a good few times. Mm-hmm. Are you are you able to sort of remain relatively neutral when you photograph them? Do you throw your hands in the air when they score or kick a lens across <laughs> the grass when they concede? Um, I've managed to contain my emotions. Um, <laughs> the first time I actually shot Carlisle, it, it was it was it was quite difficult. They were on the attack, and I, was, I found myself suddenly watching the game and, and not yeah. <laughs> realizing I should be taking pictures of this. But um, that was very early on. Um, yeah, I do manage to control my emotions now but <laughs> I, d- I do love shooting Carlisle it's actually you know you shoot Premier League and England a few times and that kind of stuff yeah. the big games but yeah. for me it, shooting Carlisle is, I absolutely love it and I feel like I'm in such a privileged position like, mm. in between the fans and the players and capturing like the the action and the emotion of the day of the fans and all that kind of stuff I just absolutely love it for many people photographing sport and their favorite sport is a you know is pipe dream territory isn't it and you've done mm-hmm. it and you're growing in the business you're not full-time yet with it but you are earning from it mm-hmm. um 
a, a difficult question, perhaps. Could you see going full-time in this? I'm not so sure because I love what I'm doing at the minute. I, I love the relationship I've got with sports photography. If it then becomes my full-time job, I wonder if that would then affect that in some way, mm. whether I'd, I'd, I'd ha- there'd be more pressure on me. So I'd, I think how it is at the minute, I, I, I'm quite enjoying it. This sports photography is kind of like my release. Yeah. So it's, it's earning me a good bit of money on the side. I'm getting some great offence. Uh, I'm really loving it at the minute. So I think at the, at the minute I'm, I'm happy where I am. Your wife, Rebecca, now you're both in the media, you two. Um, she works as a reporter. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about this particular chap the other day. Your, your wife saw, said to you was well, uh, only only a couple of days ago, I'm, I'm, I'm off to go and see somebody called Captain Tom. Nice story. Mm-hmm. What what a story that's turned out to be! This is yeah. the this is the chap that's walking around his garden with a walker, isn't he? Yeah. Well, well now what did he say he, he was going to do again? So it was uh, last Wednesday. Um, my wife got sent out to Captain Tom to do like the initial story. It was like a, a local story. It, it was just something that that was nice, good news story, in amongst all you know the rubbish which is happening at the minute. So she went along. Met Captain Tom, spoke to him, like, what are you wanting to achieve from this? He went, you know, I just want to do all I can for the NHS. We're looking to raise a £1,000. And he's how old again? He's... He's 100 on the, I think it's the 30th of April. 100, So okay. he's doing 100 um, laps of his garden yeah. for his uh, 100th birthday. <laughs> I think today he's just achieved his 100th, actually. But yeah, in the space of one week, he's gone from... Um, looking to raise a thousand pounds to yeah. I think it's currently just over twelve million. That's like that's telethon money, isn't it? That's yeah, it, I mean if Captain crazy. Tom was hosting children in need, they'd mm-hmm. be proud of that figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and especially in the last two days, it's gone from a million to just oh, over 12. But it's amazing. I know, he's doing I, an amazing job. I can uh, only see that growing. Absolutely. Tom, get out there, do another 100 laps. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully he'll, uh, he'll get some kind of recognition at the end of our I, list. I think, I think he already I think has. It, it's probably the the worst thing that we've all been through in our oh, lifetime. Absolutely. And this yeah. is like the best good news story that's oh, come out of it and is, is inspiring so many people. It's become a world story. Captain Tom yeah. is like a world phenomena. Um, mm. But that says everything about humanity when it pulls together, doesn't it? And, mm-hmm. and, and decide to work together rather than, you know, operate separately. As we, we've also seen, which is a shame, but Captain Tom is bringing it home, I think. Mm. Martin, pleasure to talk to you. Um, I bet you can't wait to get out there again for the football clubs to open their doors. Yeah. I don't suppose you have any inside knowledge of when that might be. <laughs> I don't think anyone in the world knows when that will be. Um, but, yeah, good to go whenever it is. Yeah. Um, might be back in time for some nice weather as well. well. Thanks to Martin Howarth and thanks to, to his wife, Rebecca, uh, for helping to bring that story of Captain Tom to the fore. Um, every day we, we've mentioned Captain Tom. Within hours, the, the total changes. And um, it probably has since talking to Martin a couple of days ago. So as of recording these words at 7.57am UK time, um, we, uh, we've gone past the 20 million mark. I say we loosely. Captain Tom has gone past the 20 million mark. I love that piece of camera by Prince William where he described Captain Tom as a, a one-man fundraising machine. Um, so anyway, we're, we're 12 days from Captain Tom's 100th birthday, and it looks like a modest squadron of socially distanced RAF Spitfires 
will be providing him with a fly past on the on the big day. It's what it looks like, and let's fingers crossed that will happen. Anyway, back with Kev tomorrow. The Fuji Cast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives, who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way. 